What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Want to talk about a new movie? Check. Want to talk about an older movie similar or related to that new movie? Check. That's what you can expect from Quality Check Podcast. It's a new podcast on the Studio DNA Network hosted by yours truly, Drew Douglas and Daniel Posey. Every other Tuesday, we'll talk about a new movie and an old movie to see how the film's quality holds up. Do you like sports? Because we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Check. Sports Check. It's Sports Check. This, my friends, is episode 245 of the Sports Yak podcast. That would be the Mickey Tettleton episode. Mickey Tettleton. Do you remember Mickey? He was a catcher for the Tigers. Oh, he had some good years in there. Now he caught for some other teams too, Baltimore, Oakland, Texas. I think about a 14-year major league career. Three of the four years that he spent with the Tigers, he was over 30 homers. A fearsome hitter at the plate. 245 career home runs. He's Mickey Tettleton. Oh, Mickey, he's so fine. He's so fine, he blew our minds. Hey, Mickey. Hey, Mickey. Yeah. Family Broadcasting Corporation. In association with the Studio DNA Podcast Network, presents Sports Yak. One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. Here's your host, Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here! And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer, This one will be relived. Chuck Freebie. Forever! Mama! Mama! Hey, Mama! <laughs> I had to, hey, I had to leave the locker room. They going crazy in there right now. I had to get away. The Los Angeles Lakers are your NBA champions. And yours, too. Uh, Last night, the Lakers finishing out the heat. It was never really close last night. Very anticlimactic finish to this series. Lakers win at 106-93. LeBron racked up the numbers last night. 28 points, 14 boards. 
I think, 10 or 11 assists. And so he wins his fourth finals MVP, which puts him behind only one man, Michael Jeffrey Jordan. And LeBron now has four titles with three different teams. There are only four players in NBA history who have won titles with three different teams. Let's see how well you remember the lesson from this morning. John Sally. That is one. He won with the Pistons, the Bulls, and the Lakers. Dennis Green. Danny Green. Danny uh, Green. Current teammate of LeBron's on the Lakers. Can you remember the third? He Robert has, Ori. Robert Ori. There you go. And LeBron. Yeah. Robert or Big Shot Rob, uh, because it seemed like he drained them no matter who he was playing with. Rockets, Lakers, Spurs. Seven NBA titles for Robert Ori. He has the most NBA titles of anybody who did not play for the Celtics because the Celtics had that big run in the in the 50s and 60s with Bill Russell, who is the, the king of NBA championships among players. So the math again for LeBron, two with the Lakers. No, one with the Lakers. This is his first one with L.A. Two with the Heat, one with Cleveland. Okay. So... And the impressive thing about LeBron's, not taking away anything from Robert Ory, John Sally, or Danny Green, but they weren't the lead players on any of those teams. Ory and Sally were terrific complementary players, although by the time Sally got with the Bulls, he was kind of window dressing. But Robert Ory, tremendous complementary player. LeBron James has been the guy on all the teams that he has played on. And you can make the argument that, you know, Dwayne Wade obviously contributed highly to the Heat winning those two titles. But LeBron didn't have a whole lot around him in Cleveland. Now with the Lakers, Anthony Davis and Kuzma and Green, that's that's a nice core, but you take LeBron off that group they're not winning the NBA championship. You know whose name surprised me uh, early this morning, just watching all the celebratory whatnot, was Dwight Howard. Yeah. I haven't heard that name in a while. Yeah. And he's on that squad. Yeah, and <laughs> and was a contributor. Again, not the key player, no. but certainly a contributor. And, you know, in phenomenal shape for a 39-year-old man. Um, also on that team, J.R. Smith. So... The meme that's going around social media these days is how it started, how's it going now? Well, everybody remembers J.R. Smith not knowing how much time was on the clock for Cleveland in an NBA series, and LeBron with that pained look on his face looking at him. And then last night, J.R., who, by the way, felt the need to get shirtless before the game was actually over. <laughs> <laughs> JR and LeBron celebrating on the court together with the Lakers. So, congratulations to the Lakers. Can't say it was surprising. As I recall, a couple of weeks ago here on the Yak, some sage person on this show said Lakers in six. And how many games did this series go? Six. Thank you. Thank you. You're very proud of that, aren't you? Why wouldn't I be? Because you're right. And it doesn't happen very often. Therefore, I must trumpet it when Let's it does. Celebrate that. 
How do you think NBA players will look back on the year that was 2020 in that season? Well, congratulations to Adam Silver and the bubble. I mean, they they went through the bubble basically unscathed. There were there were a couple guys that left the bubble and had problems getting back. There were a couple guys who had problems before they got to the bubble. But really, once they got down there, everything went about as swimmingly as it could possibly go. Yeah, The only stoppages had nothing to do with health. They had to do with social justice issues. But they had nothing to do with the health of the players. So congratulations to Adam Silver and the NBA. At, just like the NHL, they were able to operate under their bubble, get their season done. No, it wasn't optimal, but at least they have crowned a champion and completed the season now, of course, the question is, you know, what's the timetable for free agency? What's the timetable for a draft? What's the timetable for moving on to the 2021-2022 season? On this October the 12th, since you're on a roll, Mr. I-Know-Things, in a bubble-like atmosphere or not for the next season? Boy, I would say Not. I would say they're going to do everything they can to play in home arenas as much as possible. Now, slightly empty more than likely. Yeah, at least at the start. Yeah. You would think. Although who knows where we'll be by January 1, but right now, spike in COVID worldwide, so you have to think that January 1, you're not going to be playing to full arenas, but maybe they can put them half full. Okay. A little tougher with indoor venues than outdoor, I think. Let's go outdoors. How about the NFL? Interesting day in the NFL yesterday. I didn't watch a single lick. I, I didn't watch much, but I just was seeing information come across. Let's start with the Colts because they were the only local team in action yesterday. Mm -hmm. And I think the honeymoon's about over for Phillip Rivers in Indianapolis. He threw two picks yesterday, one of them a pick six, and basically gets outplayed by Baker Mayfield. And the Browns beat the Colts 32-23. Now, the Browns being beating the Colts isn't as humiliating as it would be three years ago. The Browns have put some work into the organization. They've got a legitimate team. They're 4-1 for the first time since 1994. But they're not a bad football team. But you didn't get Phillip Rivers to just, eh, let's just kind of make the playoffs. You got Phillip Rivers because you wanted to make a run at something. And right now, he's not making a run at anything. And I'm of the opinion, and I think this opinion is shared by some people, that Really, Phillip Rivers is holding this team back. They've got a lot of other pieces. But the quarterback play has been subpar so far this year. Do you know who the number two guy is? Jacoby Brissett. Mm. He was he was the starter last year. Now, I don't think he's any stinking good either. Right. I think the Colts, but here's the problem. They have tons of money wrapped up in the quarterback slot already. They're paying Phillip Rivers $25 million. They're paying Jacoby Brissett $20 million, And because of the guarantees they gave Andrew Luck, he's still getting $20 million. That's $65 million and you're getting bupkis. 
That cannot happen. That's poor management. General manager needs to be taken out and flogged. And I'd say Jim Ursay needs to be smarter than this, but when have we seen that out of Jim Ursay? <laughs> so it's just not working right now in Indianapolis. And some might say, well, you're kind of overreacting. I mean, they're they're three and two. Look at this team. Do you think they're a Super Bowl contender? Because that's that's the objective for every NFL team. I mean, we'll look at the Bears. They've got a better record than the Colts. Nobody's sitting there saying, oh, the Bears are going to the Super Bowl. This is their year. Yeah. Nobody in their right mind would say that right now. No. And nobody's saying that about the Colts right now either. Now, who is a team that could go to the Super Bowl? Maybe the Pittsburgh Steelers because they have a new star, and his name is Chase Claypool. Slot to the left is Claypool. As Roethlisberger throws, Claypool makes the catch. His fourth touchdown today. And if you watched him his senior year at Notre Dame, you started to see him on the cusp of greatness. And he has found it with Ben Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh. Four touchdowns yesterday for Chase Claypool. Philadelphia could not catch him. Steelers are 4-0 for the first time since 1979. They are a team that's looking like a Super Bowl contender right now. Now, they had the quarterback in place in Big Ben. He got healthy again, and now they've given him some weapons. You get Chase Claypool and Juju Smith-Schuster on the outside, you got some guys that can make plays. So, big day for Claypool yesterday. Very happy for him. Not a great day for the Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott. Yes, the Cowboys win. They're atop the NFC East because somebody has to be. But Dak Prescott has a gruesome ankle injury yesterday. Dislocates with a compound fracture. He's out for the season. And see, the bad news for Dak is he's going to be a free agent. And now... Now I see people saying, well, Jerry Jones needs to do the right thing and, and sign Dak Prescott. Well, that goes two ways, kids. You know, Dak Prescott had the chance to sign a long-term deal, and he didn't. And I, I feel badly for him because, by all accounts, Dak Prescott seems to be a pretty good guy. But it's not incumbent on Jerry Jones. We're running a business here, kids. Mm-hmm. And Jerry Jones does not need to get his organization into the same spot that we just talked about with the Colts. It is not incumbent upon him to make Dak Prescott financially secure when he doesn't know how his ankle is going to be. Because we saw another NFL quarterback come back from a very gruesome ankle injury yesterday, and that's Alex Smith, who got back on the field for Washington yesterday, but it took him two years to do it. And Jerry Jones has already been pretty good to Jalen Smith when he had his ankle problems and it took him two years to get on the field. But it's not incumbent on any NFL owner to say, yeah, you've you've played for us and therefore we're going to take care of you. It's a business. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. It's nothing against Dak. It's just the way the business operates. Because the business can be very cold. Ask Dan Quinn in the Atlanta Falcons. Five games into the season, and we have a job loss. What is it? Two years ago or three years ago, they lost to New England in the Super Bowl. 
had the 28-3 lead, couldn't seal the deal. Now here we are in 2020, 0-5. Thanks for playing, Dan. Pack your bags. You're gone. So is the general manager in Atlanta. So it's a business. Never, never think that the NFL and its owners are running a charitable organization. Doesn't mean that they don't do nice things sometimes for people, but it's a business. So, and the NFL trying to keep business going, really shuffling things because of COVID-19. Patriots had another positive test yesterday. They were supposed to play Denver tonight. Early game on Monday Night Football. That game is pushed back to next Sunday. And you're probably sitting there saying, well, did the Patriots and Broncos both have a bye next Sunday? No. So the league is taking its schedule, and they're shuffling it like your Euchre deck right now. I mean, they are moving games around, and they're trying to make this all work so that they can keep the league going and have every team play the same amount of games. So New England and Denver pushed to next Sunday. The Thursday night game this week, Kansas City and Buffalo, which should have been a pretty good matchup. Well, Buffalo has to play Tuesday night. You can't ask them to play Tuesday and then play again on Thursday. So that, that game has been moved to Monday night. It's like trying to keep up with the NFL schedule right now. Good luck. The good news for those of us around here, none of these schedule changes affect the Bears, the Colts, or the Lions so far on task on task all right how was your saturday experience well my saturday experience went fine we did not have a uh we showed no rust for the three-week layoff <laughs> and had a fine pregame show and then the irish came out and i will admit i expected the offense to show the signs of rust because i had a couple people tell me that among the players in the COVID outbreak. Now, Notre Dame said nothing official. But more than a couple people told me that Ian Book and the backup quarterback, Brendan Clark, both contracted COVID, which was another reason why the Irish were sidelined. So I thought, well, if this is the case, then this isn't going to look good offensively. Irish offense looked terrific. The defense... <laughs> not so good early on against Florida State. I thought the defense made some adjustments. I thought Clark Lee ran some more blitzes and threw some more things at Jordan Travis, the Florida State quarterback in the second half, and it showed. It kind of rattled him a little bit. Uh, but the defense gave up some points, 26 of them, as a matter of fact. Irish win that one 42-26, and because of everything else that shook out on Saturday, oh, by the way, a glorious Saturday for watching college football. Oh, I bet. It looked, I saw a couple of pictures that you posted. But good. Not only in person, but just the games that were on TV yeah. Saturday. Uh, you started off at noon with the Red River rivalry between Oklahoma and Texas, which went four overtimes. So you had that great game. You had Pitt and Boston College play an overtime game where Pitt loses on a missed extra point. And then at night, not only did you have this Notre Dame game going on, but apparently nobody plays defense anymore. Alabama beats Mississippi 63-48. Lane Kiffin scores more points on a Nick Saban Alabama team than anybody else has and still loses by double digits. Corey, follow me on this one. 
Alabama had 11 possessions against Mississippi on Saturday night. They scored on nine of them. So they took the ball as far as they could. They took it to the end zone as far as they could. One of the possessions they didn't score, they fumbled at the Mississippi one. And the other possession they punted from the Mississippi 40. So of 764 possible yards that Alabama could have had on Saturday night, they had 723 of them. Mississippi only prevented them from getting 41 yards. That is ineptitude that there are very few that can reach that level of ineptitude. But congratulations to the Ole Miss defense because it did. Now, as for the Irish, uh, Kyron Williams, man, he can cut better than your barber. He is he is something to watch out there on Star the Star in the making? He and Chris Tyree are both stars in the making. Both of them over 100 yards on Saturday night. I thought Ian Book handled himself pretty well in that game. There's only a couple of, of bad missed throws. thought the Irish offensive line did a great job. Offense is going to get high marks all the way around. Oh, they've also got this tight end, Michael Mayer, that's just built like a truck that can run over people. But defensively, thought Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa had a really good game for Notre Dame, had some big hits. Other than that, there's not a lot that's going to stand out. We'll hear what Brian Kelly has to say at his press conference today as they start preparations for Louisville on Saturday. Here's what we know about Louisville. They're not any good either. Uh, Notre Dame's going to cruise through its first four games here playing teams that haven't beaten a Power 5 team yet. And, <laughs> you know, when you when you take a look at that, it just means that the back end of the Irish schedule is going to be much more challenging than what the front end has been. So it's kind of hard to evaluate this team right now because so far they're playing nothing but stinkers. I thought that was an interesting graphic on the game. I saw it got tweeted out as well of the, the big four quarterbacks at Notre Dame and Ian's in that group. And Tommy Reese is in that group calling the plays for Ian. Right. Throw a Tommy Clausen in there. And then the Brady Quinn action figure pose. Ha! <laughs> Uh, what did he hit? Ninety five. Uh, what, what, what's the number that they were promoting on that graphic? Maybe touchdowns. Like he had ninety five. Tommy had sixty one. Yeah. Ian had sixty. Is that yes? A- it's touchdown passes. Yeah. So right now, Ian Book is tied with Jimmy Clausen, and one behind Tommy Reese, and then you've got the huge vault up to Brady Quinn. Because under Charlie Weiss, the running game was pretty much completely forgotten. It was just throw the ball ball. all over the lot, which worked for a couple of years. And then the schematic advantage kind of um, failed after that. So Brady Quinn, calling games now? Yeah, he he is on Fox's college pregame show, their big noon pregame show. Tom Reese up in the uh, booth. Offensive coordinator, Jimmy Clausen in witness protection somewhere. We don't have no idea. And then Ian Book, 23-3 and as a starter, but... Does he want to be an NFL player? Oh, of course he does. Yeah. Of course he does. Here's the question. Can Ian Book start to throw receivers open? You know, because in the NFL, you don't have a lot of separation. College, we talk a lot about separation between the receiver and the defensive back. Can, can somebody get separation? You don't see that that often in the NFL. Usually in the NFL, a quarterback has to make 
a pinpoint throw and throw the ball to an exact spot where only the receiver can get it and the defensive back can't. Mm. And that's why they are professional quarterbacks. And we haven't seen Ian Book do that a lot this year. Now, he did it a little bit Saturday night. I thought I saw some progress in that area. But he hasn't done it a lot yet. And, of course, they're playing a subpar team. Let's see how they do against a defense like Pitt or, of course, Clemson on November 7th. You want to get into baseball? Tampa Bay edging Houston last night 2-1. That's game one of the American League Championship. I think the world is rooting for the Rays because of the whole Astros trash can scandal last year and the sign stealing. Uh, The National League Series, which I think is the more delicious of the matchups, Atlanta and Los Angeles, the terrific pitching that you're going to see in the series from both teams, um, that begins today, and, and that one should be fun to watch. We were talking about tennis earlier this morning, and I asked Chuck if he would put Rafael Nadal top five all time. I don't think there's any question he's one of the top five all time. And I mentioned to Corey, I think this is kind of a golden age for men's tennis right now because three of the top five are still playing. Roger Federer, clearly towards the end of his career, so is Nadal. And then Novak Djokovic, who was the world's number one player going in. Jokovic had a meltdown at the U.S. Open. He didn't win that. And then trying to beat Rafael Nadal on a clay court. Good luck. Because do you know what Rafael Nadal's record is at the French Open in his career? He's won it 13 times. He's played there 15 times. He is 102 on the clay courts at the French Open. And you might say, well, what's the difference between a clay court and the grass that they play on at Wimbledon, or the hard court that they play on at the U.S. Open. Well, the clay court makes it more of a shot-making rather than velocity game. So guys like Jokovic and Federer, they beat guys lots of times because of just how danged hard they hit the ball. And if you do that on grass or a hard court, it's going to get by you. The clay absorbs some of that velocity, and makes it more of a game where you can get to the ball, and now you have to make shots and put them in precise places in order to beat your opponent, and that's Nadal's game. So, yeah, I'd say if if you were ranking your top five, I'd say I'd go Federer 1, Nadal 2, Jokovic, Sampras, Pete Sampras, heck of a tennis player from the 90s into the 2000s, and then I would put probably Bjorn Borg fifth. Borg was such a, I call him a meteor because it was just like that flash of the late 70s, early 80s, boom, he was there, and then he was gone. But during that time, there was nobody touching him. He won 11 Grand Slam titles, I believe, during that time. Some some of the old-timers will say Rod Laver, uh, who was a great Australian player in the late 60s and early 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I would say those are the top five men of all time. Do you have Amazon Prime? Yeah. The uh, McEnroe-Bjorn movie. Borg it, versus McEnroe. I've seen it. It's, it's not bad. Yeah it's, yeah. it's good, and I think it gives you an idea of both of their personalities. And the the interesting thing is as much as both of them wanted to beat each other, they became 
terrific friends yeah. afterwards and still remain friends to this day. Yeah. Um, jump into NASCAR real quick. Well, Chase Elliott with the win yesterday. The interesting thing that came out of the NASCAR race yesterday is that Kyle Busch, who won the title last year, is already out of contention for the NASCAR playoffs this year. So we know, we know we're going to have a new champion. Don't know exactly who it's going to be, but it's not going to be Kyle Busch repeating. And then I wanted to get into some high school sports over the weekend, Corey. Friday night on 46. We had Northridge and Concord. I know you watched a little bit uh, before our live stream feed dropped out. This was an interesting game. Northridge had the reputation coming in of being a very physical team, wanted to keep you between the tackles. They run the ball with Logan Hooley. They run the ball with Dominic Crowder. And early on, they ran the ball. Crowder was running all over the field. Might have had over 100 yards in the first quarter. But Logan Hooley, the Northridge quarterback, was 11 of 11 for 239 yards, two touchdowns, and Northridge wins 55-30, despite the fact that Concord's quarterback, Hunter Dutton, threw for over 400 yards in the game. Throws for over 400 yards in a high school game, and they lose by 25. I mean, actually, they lose by 35 because we had running clock in the fourth quarter of that game. They lose 55-20. So, tough night for the Minutemen, and they fall to 4-3. and Northridge now finds itself in a three-way tie with Warsaw and Mishawaka for the Northern Lakes Conference lead. And who's coming to Interra Field this Friday night? The Mishawaka Cavemen with their option attack and their quarterback, Justin Fisher. So, should be a great matchup in that one this coming Friday. Some other results from last Friday. Penn looked very impressive. Ron Paulus throws four touchdown passes and a 42-3 win over uh, New Prairie. The one note for New Prairie, though, they had a kid, Ben Franck, who kicked a 56-yard field goal in that game for the Cougars. LaVille beats North Judson by a count of 9-7. Really defensive-minded struggle down at Lancer Field. Big win for the Blue Jays to keep their Hoosier North hopes alive. The upset of the night, and I have to give credit to my boy Keith Kinder, the coach at Mishawaka, for calling this. He said Northwood going up against the same offense two weeks in a row would do a good job against Warsaw, and they did. And the Panthers win it 22-21. That created that three-way tie in the NLC. So last week, the pairings came out for the tournament. Uh, we're talking today. I think we'll have an announcement later today as to what our sectional game will be when we open up our coverage a week from Friday night. I believe Lakeshore uh, tore a new one in St. Joe. Yes, Friday your night. alma mater did a very good job. Denny Dock had his team well prepared for whatever. Now, Denny's got the reputation of being a, a defensive-minded coach, and that showed up Friday night. They shut down the dreaded St. Joe Bears and... Lakeshore ran its option attack well, and I believe the final score is 26-0 Lakeshore. So the Lancers looked very strong, and Edwardsburg really struggled in its homecoming game against Three Rivers. They won 66-3. I noticed a tweet with a little bit of a tone yesterday. Do you want to get into this NIC thing? (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Or at least explain it? Shocking that I would have a tone. Uh Yesterday, <laughs> around noon, Greg Humnicki, who handles 
the media for the NIC, sends out this release that effective immediately, immediately, Corey, the NIC North will now be referred to as the East-West Division, and the NIC South will be referred to as the North-South Division. Now, let's break this down in all honesty. Nobody has ever looked at the geography of the NIC North or the NIC South and said, well, this is the way these teams are laid out. It's really simple. In football, the NIC North are the teams that are really big schools or play big boy football. Elkhart, Penn, Marion, Adams, St. Joe. That's your NIC North. The NIC South are smaller schools. Doesn't mean that they're terrible in football, but they're not competing with the big boys up in the NIC North. So your John Glenn, your Bremen's, your Jim Towns, Washington, Clay, Riley, that's your NIC South. That's, but now the North suddenly because, well, we stretch from Elkhart to New Prairie. That's an east-west corridor. We'll make that the east-west division. And then in, in the south, we stretch from Clay up by the state line all the way down to Bremen and John Glenn. We'll make that the north-south division. Now, to be fair to my boy Greg Humnicky, this is not his fault. He's merely the messenger. Apparently, this was voted on in the summer but when the vote was held, they didn't bother to tell Greg. So, so he finds out like seven games into the season. Seven games into the season. Oh, we're about to crown champions in these divisions. Oh, wait a minute. Those aren't the names of the divisions anymore. Oh, wow. And, you know, I don't. I don't know what I'm going to do on Friday night because I have a game in the NIC. I will probably still refer to it as the old names because I'm going to adopt the Abe Lincoln philosophy. The Abe Lincoln philosophy is this. If your dog's tail was suddenly called a leg, how many legs would it have? And some people said, well, five. And he goes, no, just because it's called a leg doesn't mean it is. The dog would have four legs and a tail. Just because the NIC wants me to call these divisions what they are, it doesn't mean that I'm going to. <laughs> is that how you handled the Elkhart Central uh, game? Just because it's called Elkhart Lions doesn't well, mean if, if you I'm go back, going if to. If you go back and watch the tape, that's true. <laughs> Just because you're called the Lions doesn't mean I'm not going to call you the Blazers 13 times. Just because the White Sox call their place guaranteed rate field doesn't mean I'm not going to refer to it as U.S. Comiscular. <laughs> All right. I feel good about this. Do you? I enjoyed Friday's surprise segment. I'm going to bring it back for a Monday. Underrated. Overrated. Okay, who it's you got? A, it's a rock and jock. I got two names. Let's stay in the world of tennis. All right, Andre Agassi. Mm. Eight Grand Slam titles. You can't take that away from him. 
would he be number six no. or seven in your top he, five? He would be in the top ten, but he would not be top five. Okay. Yeah, but yet, because he is one of the top ten players of all time, I think you have to almost say underrated, right? Yes. Yep. Just curious if his name gets brought up in much like how we did earlier in this broadcast. You know, and, and Agassi probably would have won a lot more, but he was playing at a time when Pete Sampras was playing. Yeah. So his nemesis. Right. All right. Uh I will go highly underrated on this next name, especially okay. after a week of reflection. Alex Van Halen. Underrated. Okay. I'm gonna have to take your word for that because I I'm very familiar with Eddie, Mm -hmm. not as familiar with Alex. Now, did you happen to see Saturday Night Live and the Jack White tribute? Yeah, Uh, I I find it interesting. They call it a tribute. He was playing an Eddie Van Halen PV guitar. Yeah. I believe it's PV is the the name brand. And he did some finger tapping stuff. Did he play an actual Van Halen song? No, but you could feel a sense of all hail the king. Now... That performance, because I've seen some reaction to it on Twitter. He's an acquired taste. That performance, overrated or underrated? Well, my friend Chris, early on Sunday morning, he texted me this. That's funny you say that. I've yet to respond. Chris says, Jack White on SNL last night, best musical performance I've seen there in decades. I did not feel that way. I was going to say, overrated. He's an acquired taste. Yeah, and I haven't acquired it yet. Like Thad, our co-worker, it'd be interesting to get his take because he is he would be a fan. He would be a Jack White fan. Sure. Uh, I've, I'm familiar with his work. Uh, you know, not my thing either. Not my thing. Okay. Well, but I'll take him over whoever that was the week before. The Stallion or the Lizzo's. The bizos, the jizzos, whatever you know, I, I that stuff I don't get. But I'll take drums, guitar, and a bass. Oh yeah, anytime. But yeah, I it didn't. I went back and watched it because I thought, well, this, you better see this. I I need to see this because the Twitter world is a Twitter about it. And then I said, eh, not so much. Not so much, Chuck. You're on Twitter, right? I am at Forty Six Sports. That's an acquired taste as well. <laughs> Uh, you can follow Sports Yak with two Ks on Twitter. Thanks so much for listening. Hit the subscribe button. Leave a review should you choose. Hey, you guys aren't bad. Or, hey, why do you continue this drivel? Yeah, drivel. basically let us know. Are we overrated or underrated? <laughs> yeah, you be a part of the segment, and we'll give you the uh, results soon. Soon. Until next time, Yak fans. Ooga Luga Mickey Tettleton. We've had some fun. Yeah, the show is done. Now we gotta run. It's Sport Check. Sport Check. Sport Check is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. We done. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.